Molly Fisk, Observations from a Working Poet. I used to wonder why my grandmother and her friends were always talking about their health, or rather ill health. And this grandmother was as close to a jock as mid-century grandmothers got. She spent her days walking on the barrier beaches of Cape Cod, taking inventory of leased turn nests, checking feathers that washed in with the tide for shaft length, short shafts meant the presence of DDT in a bird's diet, and feeding various injured owls who were recuperating in the aviary attached to her garage. This is in addition to growing rhubarb, broccoli, lettuce, tomatoes, etc., and cooking every meal from scratch, making her own bread most of the time, and taking live birds to every grammar school in southern Massachusetts to teach kids about conservation. You might even be one of the third graders who let her put a hummingbird up to your ear so you could be amazed at the speed of its heartbeat. She never admitted ill health to me, except once when she needed an operation and asked me to pick her up at the hospital. Her bladder had become unmoored, she said. But as someone who saw her pretty often over decades and was not entirely consumed with my own life, I did notice her pace slowing a little and the moments after she stood up from chair or sofa when she needed to pause and reorganize her bones. When her peers came over for cocktails, their conversation always turned to a catalog of health problems, knees, backs, necks, insomnia, incontinence, arthritis, eyesight, missing teeth, vanishing hearing, and of course the cluelessness of the younger generations. A friend tells me her mother called this the organ recital. Now that I can see 70 looming over the next hill, I wish I'd paid closer attention. I was usually reading a mystery novel nearby and hopping up when requested to fill the bowl of salted peanuts or get more tonic. I would like to know what my grandmother thought about growing old. Gales of laughter increased in time to the number of cocktails, so I knew these octogenarians were having at least a little fun. But what they thought about their diminishments or the afterlife, I have no idea. One of my oldest friends died last spring. She used to say she wished she believed in life after death because it would have been comforting, but she just didn't. I admired her for not making something up. Billy Collins has a great poem called The Afterlife about everyone going to the places they'd imagined. Some have already joined the celestial choir and are singing as if they have been doing this forever, while the less inventive find themselves stuck in a big air-conditioned room full of food and chorus girls. All I know is that when people or cats are dead, they really are not there anymore. It's so shocking. Where have they gone? They never come back to tell us. If I ever die, which is unlikely, but you never know, I hope my friends will be able to hear me in the prehistoric gurgling calls of sandhill cranes flying over. I've written a lot of poems, too, which, if you read them aloud, will encompass us both, your voice carrying the nouns and verbs, mine imperceptibly, as only it can, both softening and sharpening the tone.
Award-winning poet Molly Fisk writes, coaches, and teaches writing in California's Sierra Nevada foothills. You can reach her at mollyfisk.com. This program is produced at the studios of KVMR-FM, Nevada City, California, with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.